Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. We are streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Blueberry, SoundCloud, and at www.vhha.com. You can also hear episodes of the podcast each Saturday at 11 a.m. on WJFN 100.5 FM in the Richmond area. Please listen and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can also send questions, comments, or feedback to pcfpodcast at vhha.com. Again, that's pcfpodcast at vhha.com. Today, we're delighted to be joined by Chip Decker, who is the CEO of the award-winning Richmond Ambulance Authority and the president of the Academy of International Mobile Healthcare Integration. Chip has more than 40 years of experience in emergency medical services. He is a nationally registered paramedic and has served on the Virginia EMS Advisory Board. Today, we'll be discussing the work of paramedics and emergency medical service professionals, such as ambulance crews, who are among the first responders to medical emergencies and other public health situations. We'll also discuss the work of the Richmond Ambulance Authority over its nearly 30 years in service. But first, let's welcome our guest to the program. Thanks for being with us today, Chip. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. So as I mentioned at the outset, paramedics and EMS professionals and ambulance crews are often among the first responders on the scene in times of crisis and misfortune. So let's start by discussing the work of you and your team at the Richmond Ambulance Authorities in terms of personnel and vehicles that are strategically deployed around the clock to respond to tens of thousands of emergencies each year in a variety of communities and the innovative data-informed approach your team takes to enhance response times to emergency calls. Very well. The uh, Richmond Ambulance Authority is a different sort of model from what folks might be used to. We're considered a high-performance model, a public utility model, if you will, and we're not station-based. We have geographic points on the ground throughout the city, and we predict where the next call is going to occur before it even does, and we put an ambulance there. That's called dynamic resource management. We chase people. We follow people around. In the daytime, they're downtown. At night, they go home. And we have to be flexible enough to be where the people are. Because, say, unlike a fire station where you're protecting people and buildings, the buildings don't move often. And so you know where to to place your fire station. The Richmond Ambulance Authority is, per capita, one of the busiest in the country. We have nearly 70,000 responses. And we transport about 51,000 people a year. That's quite a heavy caseload, it sounds like. You mentioned the the sort of model that you use, which, as we discussed, is data-informed. As I understand it, you said one of the highest per capita caseloads in the country. Also, from what I understand, you guys have some of the fastest response times in the nation as well because of that model you use. Can you talk a little bit about that? Predicting where the next call is going to occur and putting the ambulance where that prediction model shows is key to making us successful in getting to people with the right vehicle, the right people at the right time. And so we look back about five, seven years, see where in the city the calls occurred. And then we plot that on a map. It kind of looks like a, uh, a thunderstorm. And so the darker the colors, the more concentrated the calls, the higher probability that the call is going to be in that area. That's how we, we predict. And, and the other thing that we do is we know how many calls we're going to have at any time of the day. So we have more ambulances on. We may have, say, 27 ambulances on in the middle of the day, which is our peak time, 
and it may drop down to, say, 10 at night when we know that the call volume is going to be less. And that's what makes us so efficient and a good deal for the citizens of the city of Richmond. Well, that's that's really interesting. You talk a little bit about the, the call volume, uh, heavier in the day oftentimes and lighter at night. When In terms of the calls that uh, you receive, in terms of the types of conditions or diagnoses or complaints that patients are seeking medical attention for in emergency response treatment, what, what are sort of the highest volumes of, of conditions that, that your crew and your team see? Well, unlike a lot of systems, we handle all types of ambulance transport in the city. So we do the 911 side where somebody dials 911 because of, you know, an accident, illness, injury. And then we also take folks home from the hospital. And so a, a lot of 911 systems don't do that part. But folks in on the, the 911 side that we do, the biggest single episodic event that we have is probably shortness of breath. I mean, general illness will top any scale, but there's so many things into that. The shortness of breath here in, in Richmond is one of the, the big conditions that we will respond to most often, whether it's the COPD, the asthma, the emphysema, the general complaint of I'm having trouble breathing. That's a lot higher in our area for some reason than it is in a lot of other places. Well, that is interesting uh, perspective. I appreciate you sharing that. Let's uh, shift a little bit and talk about some of the specific initiatives that you're engaged in. We're recording this right now in October, and October is Sudden Cardiac Arrest Awareness Month. You talked about shortness of breath, which can be associated with a number of different medical conditions being sort of one of the highest volume types of episodes that you receive calls for. When it comes to sudden cardiac arrest, can you talk, Chip, a little bit about what that is, and the name is a bit self-explanatory, also the work that the Richmond Ambulance Authority is doing to raise awareness about how people can intervene during a medical emergency, perhaps before paramedic or emergency medical crews respond? Well, with a sudden cardiac arrest, it is key that someone perform CPR on the patient prior to us arriving. And that's what we focus on is first responder, hands-only CPR. In uh, Richmond, we have an app. It's called Pulse Point. And you can download the app. If we have a cardiac arrest within a certain distance from you, it will alert you. And you can go and assist that patient until we arrive. It will also tell you where the closest AED is. You can send somebody to get that AED. It's called Pulse Point. It's a really neat thing the city put in a few years ago. So hands-only CPR. It used to be you had to, you know, breathe in somebody's mouth. You know, nowadays nobody really wants to do that to somebody you don't know. Hands-only CPR, that's what's taught to the public, and it works. It works very well. Your chances are much higher if you get CPR earlier. For each minute that goes by, you lose about 10% of the chance of coming back. So after, you know, four minutes, you're down 40%. Now, we do have rapid response time. Our response time goal is 8 minutes, 59 seconds, 90% of the time for a life-threatening emergency. On average, that makes it about six minutes. So doing the math, it's much better if you have somebody doing a CPR. And, and we teach it all around the city. And it only takes a moment to do. If, you, if you're on the phone with my dispatch center, they will walk you through doing it if you don't have any training. So it's very important that you stay on the phone if you called 911 for, for a sudden cardiac arrest. And we will instruct you on how to 
to help save that patient's life. Okay. That's really great information. If you could tell me the name of the app again, you said that it, it can also tell you where the nearest defibrillator equipment is to you. So what's the name of that app again for the people who are listening? It's called Pulse Point. Pulse Point? Pulse Point. Okay. Yep. And it, uh, all you have to do is sign up and pay attention to it when it alerts you. And it'll tell you where the patient is. It, it will only alert if the patient's in a public area. So, you know, you won't be responding into somebody's house. And then let me just ask a clarifying question because you mm-hmm. mentioned 911. When someone dials 911 in the city, and again, we talked about how the Richmond Ambulance Authority model is a little bit different than what some people might be accustomed to who live in other localities. Do those calls come directly to your headquarters or is there a central dispatch? How does that work so that the calls get routed to the ambulance authority when it's a medical need? That is the purpose for the call. In the city of Richmond, we're set up with two PSAPs or public safety answering points. So when you dial 911 in the city of Richmond, it rings into the city's Department of Emergency Communications. And they will triage that call and determine if it's fire, police, EMS. If it's EMS, they shift the caller over to my dispatch center here at the Richmond Ambulance Authority, and my comm folks will then ask questions to determine exactly what's going on. Based on those questions, we'll figure out what the call is and what the response needs to be. Is it a cardiac arrest? Is it abdominal pain? Is it I sprained my ankle a week ago? Because it makes it a lot safer responding non-emergent to non-emergent calls than responding emergency to everything. And it also allows us to prioritize. And so if there's a ambulance responding to a lower acuity call and a higher acuity call comes in, we can divert that ambulance to take care of the higher acuity patient. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. I appreciate you explaining that. And then let me just uh, clarify one other thing to follow up on something you said. You mentioned that your team offers training classes around the city. If people want to learn CPR or attend one of those training classes, do they need to visit your website or how would someone find information out about that? The the website is a good place or you can just give us a call here because we'll come out to community events or civic associations and and teach CPR. The phone number here to call is 804-254-1150. Okay, 804-254-1150. And then what's that that address online? Is it raaems.org? Is that the address? That is absolutely right. Okay, yeah, fantastic. Uh, raaems.org. There's a lot of information on the Amos Authority on that site. Okay, fantastic. Let's let me ask you about one other initiative that uh, mm-hmm. I know your team is involved in. The opioid epidemic is something that has been a public health scourge that folks in the hospital community and the healthcare community and obviously in the emergency medical services community have all been on the front lines of responding to. The National Institute on Drug Abuse notes that there were more than 1,200 drug overdose deaths involving opioids in Virginia in 2017, which is higher than the national rate. Your team, Chip, has been involved in responding to and reviving people during drug overdose emergency calls. And you're also engaged in something that's called the First Responder Recovery Program model. And that involves, as I understand it, trained paramedics and emergency medical technicians who receive training or instruction from the Richmond City Health District on effective methods to encourage patients to sign a release form, which triggers a process whereby a peer recovery specialist 
follows up with the patient shortly after their encounter with emergency medical personnel to try to get them into a recovery center. And, and your team, as I understand it, also provides them and or their family with informational packages about available community recovery resources. I wonder if you could, Chip, just for a moment, talk a little bit about how long the Richmond Ambulance Authority has uh, been engaged in that particular effort and what have the results been like so far? The opioid epidemic or crisis, that has been particularly challenging for us because pretty much all the other kinds of calls we run on the 911 side, the response is somebody is hurt, somebody is sick. And we pick them up, we take them to the hospital, and they, they are cured and they go back out in the community. This is a little bit different. It's a lot different because it's behavioral. What ends up happening is, yes, we revive a lot of people in the city of Richmond that have overdosed on their opioids. We use a lot of Narcan. Sometimes the patient gets up and walks away, thanking us. Sometimes we transport the patient to the hospital. But either way, they end up back out in the community. And it is not uncommon for us to visit the same patient several times over the the course of their addiction in an effort to come up with a more definitive, you know, program, first responders for recovery. So we're covered by HIPAA laws. What we do stays with us. We can't discuss a patient's condition unless they allow it. So the first step in the first responders for recovery program is to get them to sign a release that allows us to forward their name on to the peer recovery specialist. My folks are have received training on how to interact with somebody who has just had their overdose and we have revived them. How, how to not judge, how, how to be caring, how to, how to empathize with what is going on in their life. And hopefully get them to sign this form. We pass their name along and there's a peer recovery specialist from, uh, the Richmond City Health District that will reach out within 24 hours, like you mentioned. The last numbers I've heard, which are a week or so old, is that we've signed about 80 of these. We have had, from what I'm told, several contacts that several patients that made contact and and have gotten into recovery. It's early on in, in this. It has worked some places, other places in the country, but we're trying to find a way for this definitive care for this disease. Well, that sounds like a really smart approach. And listen, as this ongoing opioid crisis continues, different approaches have to be taken to try to help people get into recovery. So the fact that that the Richmond Ambulance Authority is pursuing this is is really an encouraging sign. So good to hear that that you guys are, are working in this arena. Before we go, We're going to close with a question that we ask all of our guests on VHHA's Patients Come First podcast. It's one we borrow from a popular BBC program, and the question is this, Chip. If you were stranded on a deserted island, what one book, one album, and one movie would you take with you to keep yourself occupied to pass all of that time alone? And we will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So other than... Uh, the, your preferred religious text, what one book, one movie, and one album would you want with you if you were stranded on an island by yourself? Well, let's see. I was stuck on a deserted island. I think the one book I would want, and and I don't have a title for it, but I'd want a book on how to build a boat. <laughs> I, I think that would, that would be key to my success. And uh, let's see, uh, a movie... 
I think I'd have to pick Castaway because Tom Hanks did a really good job of building that boat. Logan! Logan! I'm coming! And getting out there. And uh, the album would be probably something by Elton John, probably good by Elvick Road because it's long and I'd have plenty of time to listen to it. Well, those were all good choices, and two of the three were very instructional, trying yeah. to problem solve and, and get off of that island. So that's that's smart forward thinking. Well, listen, Chip, I do appreciate uh, you taking the time to be with us today. And with that, it's going to bring us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to go to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and leave us a five-star review. And you can also subscribe so that you'll know when new episodes are released. Thanks to our guest, Chip Decker, for being with us today, sir. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me.